Good morning. Hey, we've got a, a guest speaker today, um, actually someone that's on our staff. His name is Chris Townley. It's a real treat to have him here today. And as Brian said last night, uh, Chris, Chris has the toughest job in our church. Uh, he, um, he hangs out with our youth group, our youth group and uh, actually um, gives a message to our uh, middle schoolers every week. So think about that. Every week he's got to uh, find a way to um, hold those middle schoolers' attention for, uh, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes while he speaks. So um, Chris is a great guy. He's got, uh, uh, you'll notice right away he's with our youth. He's bringing a skateboard onto our uh, stage. So um, we, thought we, we thought you guys want to know who's hanging around uh, our kids. So we're going to, would you help me welcome Chris to the stage, please? Chris. I usually have to bring something to keep their attention besides myself, so, so I brought this with me. Um, last time I had the opportunity to speak in front of this many people, I was actually at basketball camp, and, and I was coaching, but I also worked as the MC, and I, I would do some skits, and usually those evening sessions would find me wearing a cheerleading skirt, so, so I'd say that this is a bit of an upgrade. Things are looking better, and I'm sure that you in the first few rows are glad that I changed my outfit as well, especially with, with the lights. But, but I don't actually want to talk to you about cheerleading. I want to talk to you about longboarding. And that, that's what this is, is a longboarding. In case I'm talking about longboarding, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a supersized skateboard, really. And, and so it was probably about two months ago, I was out longboarding by my house. Obviously, it wasn't recently. Uh, with all the snow we've had, but, but I was out longboarding by my house and cruising down the street, and, and as I was going, I, I passed by uh, this couple holding a cardboard sign. You might be familiar maybe with this couple, or at least these types of people around, around Bozeman, and re- regardless of how you feel uh, about our, our cardboard sign holding residents, uh, on this particular day, I just couldn't seem to shake them from my mind as I was, as I was riding around. So, so I kept riding around, and, and as I was riding, I started to, to wonder a few things. I wondered where they were from. I wondered what they were doing in Bozeman. I wondered if they liked chicken salad sandwiches as much as I like chicken salad sandwiches. That'll make sense later. Uh, and and I, just, I just wondered what their story was. You know, I, I wondered what, what they were doing here. And so as I was riding around, I, I decided I, I needed to ask them. It was kind of like... I felt, I felt God whispering to me almost. He was like, hey, offer them a sandwich. Get to know them. Have a conversation with them. And, and I was kind of, you know, I don't know about that. You know, I don't know if I want to ride my longboard up to, to these people. And so I was, I was about there, and I had convinced myself. It took a lot of convincing, actually. And so, so I'm riding down, down the sidewalk. I was going to ride my longboard, but I figured that could end up on YouTube. So I decided I'm just going to roll next to my longboard. So I was riding down the sidewalk this way. And, and the, the sidewalk L's right here. And so they were standing directly, directly in front of me. And so I I'd made up my mind, I'm going to talk to them. And as soon as I get to, to right here, something just comes over me. And I think, I think they call it fear. And, and I completely abandoned my plan. And so they're literally two feet in front of me, and I don't even make eye contact. I pick up my board, and I go down the other way. I, I, I'm gone. And I just, I just rode off. 
after riding around for, you know, an hour making all these decisions about how I'm going to talk to him. And so I, I get home, and, and it probably a couple hours went by. And I still couldn't, I couldn't get the couple off my mind. I couldn't seem to, to shake the, the whispers that, that I had felt in my heart. And so guess what I did? I made two chicken salad sandwiches. And, and it was kind of my way of saying, okay, God, uh, I'll take a risk. I'll do something that takes a little bit of courage. I'll, I'll fight to overcome that fear. And so I'm, I'm making my sandwiches. And when I, when I finish making my sandwiches, uh, I, I grab them, I pack them up, I grab my longboard, uh, I pack a few fruit snacks with me, and I set out to face, face my fears again. You guys probably will take something different with you the next time you go to face your fears, but I think fruit snacks are a good staple. So, so you might want to just put some of those in your pocket. So, so off I go to hopefully talk to, talk to these people, and, and as I get to that corner where they were standing, uh, I come around the corner and... And they were gone. They, they had left. There wasn't any, anything there. None of their stuff was there. Um, they, were, they were just gone. And, and I, I kind of realized at, at that moment that, that if I had done what, what I knew that God wanted me to do before that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have missed this opportunity. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have missed this divine moment that I would have had to, to share with these people because I, I knew that, that God wanted me to, to reach out. He wanted me to serve them and love them and, and act like him in that moment. But, but I had missed it because I was afraid. And I actually, I spent the next half an hour longboarding around trying, trying to find somebody in need of my sandwiches, somebody in, in need of a conversation, someone in need of fruit snacks. And, and I actually knew some of the places where people holding signs might be or where they might be staying. And I went to all those places and I still, I couldn't find anybody. And, and because I, I had refused to, to listen to God and that, I couldn't even recreate the situation again. I had completely missed my opportunity. It, it was gone. And I, I'd missed it because I was afraid. Uh, a, a man I admire, his name's Craig Groeschel. He, he said it like this. He said, to say that we care and not act is to not care at all. To say that we care and not act is to not care at all. And, and in that, that moment, the, the fact that I was afraid, the fact that I didn't do it, it, it kind of showed that, that I was unable to act, but ultimately I, I didn't care. I said that I cared, but, but I didn't do anything. And, and if, that, if that wasn't enough for me to kind of wrestle with, God kind of drove the point home because... On the, on the bottom of my longboard, if you can see that, it says, love everyone. It says, love everyone. And I, I actually fell short of acting like that, too. Um, I, I think we can all probably relate on some level to, to being afraid, to maybe falling short. I think we've probably all been, been afraid from time to time. Or, or we, we feel like we can't do something because we're afraid. Or maybe even sometimes we feel like, we can do something like I did, but then we find an excuse, and, and that links to our fear. You know, we, we know that God wants us to, to love people. He wants us to, to serve people and be bold and make a difference. We know these things, but for some reason, we still can't tell our best friend about the hope we have in Jesus because we're afraid. Why, why are we afraid? Maybe, 
Maybe we're even afraid to, to do something like give our time to the food bank. Or we're, we're afraid to, to give our money to help build a well in Africa. Or, or we're afraid to even go to Africa. Right? We're, we're, we're afraid. And, and I think that we can all relate on that level of being afraid of something. Maybe, maybe you're afraid of not having enough money, especially during these times. Maybe you're, you're afraid of not having enough time. You're afraid of being alone. Whatever it is, we're all on the same level. We're all in the same place with our fear. And, and, and I think the biggest fear of all, though, comes back to we're afraid to take a risk and live like Jesus wants us to live. We're afraid to cross that line. And, and we fail because we're afraid. Just, just like I did. But, but since then, since then, a few months ago, I, I've kind of, God's kind of showed me some ways to maybe be free from my fear and, and rescue me from that. And, and I want to share that with you in hopes that, that you would be able to, to overcome your fears as well. Uh, I want to I want to look at what what Paul says about fear and in Second Timothy, because he kind of shows us there really is no need to fear. So if you have if you have a Bible, go ahead and open up to to Second Timothy one seven. If you don't have a Bible, it's up it's up on the side screens, and you can just follow along with me. This is Paul writing a letter to Timothy, and he says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self discipline." Let me read that again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I think that's huge. Just look at that first part. God did not give us a spirit of fear. God didn't give that to us. And if God didn't give it to us, then where is it coming from? Right? Why are we afraid? Why, Why was I afraid of talking to a couple of people holding a cardboard sign? And I think we're afraid because the enemy wants us to be afraid. He doesn't want us doing the work of God. He doesn't want us to do what we know is right to do, right? Satan would love to see all of us saying we care. He would love it if we all left, yeah, I care, I care. But what he hates is when we start acting like we care. And that's why he makes us afraid, right? Why else would Satan make us afraid? It's bad for his business if we start, you know, acting like we care. I, I just think that, that there's something so much bigger than this fear. If, if we look even deeper into the, this letter in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul, Paul is writing to his friend, his friend Timothy, who he's, he's led, he's trained, he's discipled. They've been through all kinds of things together. He's kind of, he's kind of mentored him along the way. And he's writing to Timothy to encourage him. He wants to deliver Timothy from that fear. So he's telling them, he's telling Timothy that that you don't have any reason to fear because God didn't give that to you. But I think that the coolest thing about this this letter is Paul's sense of urgency. Like, do it now, Timothy. We, We have to know then a little bit about what Paul's doing. Paul's actually writing this letter from a dungeon. He's locked up in a dungeon. Not, in, not like in a jail cell off 19th, right? But, but he's, in a, he's in a dungeon. I, I don't even think I can put my mind around what that, that might have been like. And, and so he's writing with, with a sense of urgency because he knows his time is running out. 
He knows it's over. He, kn- he knows he could be dying soon. But the biggest reason he's writing to Timothy with a sense of urgency is because Paul has been afraid too. Paul has been afraid too. Just, if you ever have time, doesn't fit my ear very well. If you ever have time, scan the New Testament and find out some stories of Paul. Obviously, he had a right to be afraid. He knows what Timothy's going through. And so he's telling Timothy, hey, God did not give you a spirit of fear. And his word choice is even more purposeful than fear. He uses the Greek word, delia, in this case. And delia, it is only ever used once in the New Testament, and it's in this verse. And it's only ever used to mean something bad. It's never used in a good sense. It couldn't, it couldn't mean like fear of the Lord or something like that. It's not even related to like a phobia. This is the only time it's used. And, and the actual definition of Delia is a shameful state of fear from a lack of courage. A shameful state of fear from a lack of courage. And, and I think that that's what I felt that day that, that I was longboarding. And I think the thing that we need to know is that that's not from God. That's not from God. He never intended for us to feel or act this way. Right? He, he only gives us the things that overcome it. Power, love, self-discipline. He gives us things to overcome our delia, To overcome our shameful state of fear from a lack of courage. He gives us everything we need to act courageously. To live courageously in the moment. And we, we must act with this courage, with this new sense of being free from our fear because eternity is at stake, right? There's things bigger going on. And we, we must be urgent in our actions. We can't let every moment slip by because we're afraid. We can't, we can't let that happen. We just need to remember that we have no need to fear because God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He, he's so much... He's so much bigger than that. And, and I know that that brief summary of being rescued from fear was, you know, five minutes and now you're going to walk out and you're never going to be afraid again. I know, I know that that's not realistic because it wasn't realistic for me. But it, it's the process and you can, start to, you can start to know that you have the tools from God to overcome that fear. I think that now you can begin to, to take the risks you've always known God has wanted you to take. You know, you, you can stop being afraid. You can stop letting these little divine moments disappear in front of you because you were too afraid to act, just like, just like I was. You can, you can begin to listen to the whispers of God and you can follow that leading because God's given you what you need to overcome that fear, right? He's given you the power. He's given you the love. He's given you the self-discipline. Any, anything you need to overcome that fear that's not from him. And, and again, if you're like me, and I've already told you once, but it, you've probably failed, right? You've failed, you've fallen short, you've probably done things you wish you hadn't done, or you, did thing, you didn't do things you wish you had done. You know, it can go either way. And, and in, in the midst of that, you've been afraid uh, of saying, I'm sorry, you've been afraid of saying I love you, you've been afraid of telling the truth, you've been afraid of something. And, and again, it comes down to we all, are on the same level because we've been afraid of something. And, and again, I, I'm no exception to that. Um, when, I, when I was in high school, I had the unique opportunity 
uh, of playing on a basketball team that, that went undefeated and won the state championship. And that, that, that was here at Bozeman High. And if you want to hear more about that, you can actually ask my dad. Uh, he would love to tell you. I'll give you his number or something later. Actually, for Christmas, I, I was able to get a hold of a bunch of old tapes of our games from high school, and I gave those to him for Christmas. So, so he's actually even been watching them, and he'll be really up on it, on his knowledge from that year. So, so if you want to look more into that, go ahead and talk to my dad. But, but the second thing that was unique about this team is that we, we had 12 seniors on the team. The entire team was made up of seniors, which is real, really uncommon, especially at a big school like Bozeman High. And because of that, we were, we were all pretty close. We all knew each other. I mean, we'd been playing basketball with each other since we were in fifth and sixth grade, you know, all the way through. And, and so we got along really well. We, we understood our friendships. We understood our relationships. We understood each other. And, and for me, as the, the point guard on that team, you're probably looking at me thinking, I thought you were a post. You look strong. But, but I, was actually the, I was actually the point guard. Um, I, I wanted to lead that team. I wanted to be a leader on the floor. I wanted to be a leader off the court. You know, I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be able to, to reach out to my teammates. And, and most of all, I wanted to, to tell them that, that I loved Jesus more than basketball. I wanted them to know that basketball wasn't my life. And honestly, that, I was, that was hard because I still had to decide that for myself. But, but the thing is that I don't know for certain if they, they ever knew that I, that I love Jesus. Now, now, I'm pretty sure that they had an idea that I followed Jesus because of decisions I would make, whether that be you know, not partying or not drinking or not sleeping around or not swearing. But, but those are just decisions. Those aren't things that, that make you want to change your life and follow something bigger. Those are just things that they, they saw. So they, they knew what they were linked to probably. And, and I would say, you know, they, they probably knew that there was something different about me. But it was never because I actually made the effort to tell them. It wasn't because I actually ever put in the time to tell them about the, the hope I had in Jesus. Oh, one of my friends on that team, his name was Will. And Will was a tall, lanky, red-headed guy. He, he was about six foot six and, and skinny. And so you can imagine he never had to draw much attention to himself. He could just walk into a room or a gym and, and you'd see him. And, and because of that, he, he, was pretty, he was pretty quiet. He was pretty laid back. But he, he was also just very intelligent. He was, he was fiercely competitive, but he was also he was a great teammate. And he was a great friend. And Will and I, we got along really well. Um, over, over the summers, once we went to college, we would stay in touch. We'd get together and, and play basketball or, or hang out a little bit. Uh, and then, then as we got, we got out of college, or as I got out of college, we kind of lost touch a little bit until I ran into him again this summer. And, and when I ran into him, he was telling me about how he was getting ready to go to Australia to, to study. He'd kind of drawn his college experience out so he could do a study exchange in Australia so he didn't have any hard classes left, you know, so he could see the world and experience that. And so he was pretty excited about that. I mean, who, who wouldn't be? I was excited for him. And, and, and so he left, he left for Australia probably 
the end of August. It, it was about, and it, it was about a about a month and a half ago that I that I got some news about Will. When I found out that that Wally was in Australia, he committed suicide. On honestly, my heart still hurts from that news. My my heart hurts because I lost a friend. My heart hurts because I, I realize that, that life is short. I realize that, that I, never, I never took the opportunity to tell Will about the most important thing in my life. I, I, had, I had literally millions of opportunities to do so with all the, the hours upon hours we spent in class, we spent in the gym, we spent on the bus, we spent at practice, we spent just hanging out. And I never told him about the most, most important thing to me, about what matters most to me. I, I know that, that I can't bring Will back, and I, I know that I'm not to blame for, for his death, but, but most of all, I, I know this. I don't ever want to be the reason that someone I care about doesn't get to hear about Jesus. I don't ever want to be that reason again. I think we can, we can say that none of us, we don't, we don't ever want to be the reason that, that bad things happen, right? We don't want to ever be the reason that our children never hear the words, I love you, or that, that our neighbors never get invited over for dinner or get invited to church. We don't want to ever be the reason that our husband or our wife or our mom, dad, brother or sister or aunt or uncle or a friend or anybody never feels loved or appreciated. We don't want anybody to ever hurt. We don't ever want to be the reason. But most of all, I would say we don't ever want to be the reason that someone we love and someone we care about never gets to experience the life-changing, healing love of Jesus Christ. We don't ever want to be that reason because let me tell you, it hurts. It hurts. We, we, we can't let fear stand in the way of doing what we know God wants us to do, of loving people like Jesus loves us. Right? I, I think that we just need to continually Remind ourselves and, and remember that, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us everything we need to overcome that. He gave us everything we need to live courageously for him. Because honestly, it, it's, it's time that we, we stop saying we care, but we start acting like we care, just like, just like Jesus did. If you could just put your stuff aside right now, go go ahead and, and set your stuff off to the side, and, and maybe maybe close your eyes and and just bow your heads and spend some spend some time with God. Maybe maybe there's something or someone that you need, someone you need to talk to, something you need to do, and, and fear's been holding you back from doing that. Take take this time to talk to God and and give that fear to Him.
be rescued from that fear because he, he's bigger than that. So go ahead and just spend some time with him. still bowing your eyes still closed I want to take a minute to talk to those of you who've committed your lives to following after Jesus and and you might you might be sitting here here thinking that that you're tired of being afraid you're tired tired of being afraid of acting like Jesus and, and you're tired of not listening to his whispers and I want to give you an opportunity to commit to action this morning. I want to I give you an opportunity to say no to fear. And you may be sitting here thinking, man, I've missed some divine moments. I've missed some opportunities to tell people I care about, about the good news of Jesus. And if that's you here this morning and you're thinking, I'm, I want to live courageously. I want to fight to overcome fear so that Jesus could be known. Just slip up your hands. And, and, and by doing that, you're saying, I'm going to fight my fear. I'm going to do big things for you, Jesus. That, that, that's all it is. It's, it's your moment with him to commit to action. Yeah, there, there's hands up. I see them. Definitely. Go do great things for Jesus. Go do great things for Jesus. Thank you. You can go ahead and put your hands down. And, and I also want to talk to, to any of you who might be here today who, who don't know God, but, but you're interested in, in the, this God who, who gives power and who gives love and who gives self-discipline in place of fear. You might be thinking, man, who is this? Who is this God? And, and I, I, want, I want you to have an opportunity to enter into that, that relationship with a God who who was so courageous that he sent his son Jesus to, to die for every one of us here. And, and if that's you and you want to you enter into that relationship this morning, then, then just pray along in your, your heart with me this prayer. It, it goes something like this. God, I'm afraid. I need you to save me. I need to know your love. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for me, Jesus. I, I'm sorry for the things I've done and I can no longer do it all on my own. I need you in my life, God. Today, I'm giving you control. I'm making you the love of my life. I'm making you my friend. I'm giving you the wheel. God, thank you for rescuing me. And and if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want you to know that you have made the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And, and around here at Journey, it's so important to us that, that we ask that you, you would share that with us so that, so that we can celebrate with you, so that we can encourage you. And, and again, no, no one but me is looking around. And, and if that was you, if you prayed that prayer this morning, could you just slip up your hand and make eye contact with me? And I'll, I'll acknowledge that with you this morning. Yeah, I see you. God is changing you. Amen.
Yeah, definitely. I don't want to. I don't want to miss anybody. God, we we just pray that you would rescue us from fear every day of our lives. We pray that you would give us the courage to tell people about the hope we have in you. God, let the truth that you did not give us a spirit of fear settle deep into our hearts. And I pray that we would be courageous. I pray that we would leave this building today as bold followers of you. Thank you for loving us and walking with us daily. We are nothing without you, Jesus. We love you. And in your name we pray. Amen.